This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. There is a world between worlds where worlds probably shouldn't be. A crack in reality that no trousers can hide. The cosmic pastrami on the sandwich of mathematics and science. It lies between the courage of one's wisdom save and the logic of one's intelligence save. And it is known as the Betweenoverse. All the colossal hells is going on here. Who's there? What do you want with me? Ten more minutes, Pop. Dirk is not done in his face junction. Dirk? Is that you? Dirk! Wake up! Dirk! What's going on? Was there? Whoa. I must have cuddled up inside all these extremely tight ropes and dozed off in my chair. You there, Warren? I can't see you. That's because I'm behind you. We're both tied up. Dirk, I think we're in trouble. Trouble? In this big empty place? What could harm us? Loneliness? <laughs> if I had a quinn for every weird chair I woke up in alone. I can afford my own fancy sleeping robes at home. Dirk, listen. I'm glad you're okay. But I need you to stick with me and take this seriously. Someone must have drugged us and taken us wherever we are. That's not something good people do. Come to think of it, the last thing I remember is following you on your way home. Working up the courage to give you a surprise best friend guess who piggyback ride. Yes, Dirk, I know you were following. You do it a lot. So it must have happened when we were near the Sigma Gate, before I called my cab skiff home. I don't even remember making the call. Don't you worry, buddy, old pal. I can tell you're scared, but I'm here, and I'm way too optimistic to fear for my life. That's oddly comforting considering how vulnerable we are. These ropes are so tight, I can barely move a muscle. Fear not, Rustbox. Your lad Dirk was raised getting tied to furniture. There isn't a tie-up made by man I can't snoodle my way out of. Now you sit tight while I dislocate my shoulder, wrist, and jaw and slip this nylon hug like a bar of bed soap. Uh, yeah, here we go. This guy, he just, uh, he's just gonna, uh, and it's just one of them. I just gonna, uh, he's got one of those, just, just, just gonna, just gonna, uh-oh. What's wrong? Are you okay? I couldn't do it. These must not be man-made ropes. The only thing I managed to dislocate was my breakfast. Just, uh, 
Ignore that creeping warmth, Rusty. That's just my love. And pancake sandwiches. This. This is how it all ends. Restrained in some abandoned warehouse, latched to a moron, and soaked in soft feces. Ah, perk up, pal. Let's pass the time with an old abandonment song. Oh, the boy in the box doesn't make a beep, make a beep, make a beep. If the boy in the box doesn't make a beep, then he gets to eat some food. Oh, the ropes on the wrist are oh so tight, oh so tight, oh so tight. There are not very many quiet days around the apartment. Most of the time, all of you have something big and important and flashy to do. Most of the time, when you head back to the apartment, you get maybe a few hours rest before something important needs to be talked about. But this is a particularly lazy day. Hal, what would you be up to in the apartment if you didn't have anything better to do? Hal spends a decent chunk of time when we're in the apartment not training. He's got a punching bag that he sort of uses to work out, and he's got the hex box that he sinks lots of hours into LUQ 4K22. LUQ Ultra Blitz Master Edition? Yeah. (laughs) Iavos, what would you be up to on a particularly lazy day in the apartment? Iavos is working on a new cantrip. He's trying to create, um, called misenplas, (laughs) which uh, processes up to one pound of vegetables or food matter per wizard level (laughs) to help you julienne or brunois... Peel potatoes, <laughs> the chiffonade, and uh, he's just processing onions and potatoes and getting ahead on prep. He's Hell probably yeah. got a soup that's been going now for days. <laughs> right now, you're really making sure to try to get like the even slices down. That's the hardest part, making sure every bit is roughly the same size as the last one. It's basically like a very tiny spiritual weapon, but it's just <laughs> like... <laughs> spiritual paring knife. Yeah, just a little Sintoku. Fantastic. I can't wait until Zach approves this cantrip and then you end up using it on like a swarm of beetles or something (laughs) to devastating effect. What would our boy Gaspar be up to on a a lazy, dreary afternoon in the apartment? I mean, Gaspar has a lot of business everywhere. But assuming that, let's say, any of his experiments in his room need some time for the reagents to fully react with each other and he didn't have any pressing business in the Bowery it would make sense that Gaspar is probably playing some Hexbox with Hal ooh does he have a particular favorite version of of LUQ Blitz I think it's the uh, it's all about the team management mode <laughs> so we're not actually playing against each other we're doing the campaign and so when it comes to down to game time, it's all Hal. And then he'll pass me the remote to make some questionable roster changes. <laughs> that makes sense. Hal, yeah. Hal actually likes playing in team management mode just because individual games, it doesn't really matter how good the team is. He's a good enough player that he can win any game even with the worst team. But in team management, you have to kind of take a more top-down approach. 
And he thought he was really good at it until one day he let you join. And all of a sudden you just started destroying him in team management mode. And he just gets increasingly frustrated that he can't figure out what you're doing, that you're so much better at team management than he is. I do love the idea that the first player gets to play the game and the second player gets to micromanage. I'm into that. Yeah, that sounds awful to me. (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend that this whole thing is based off of who that's basically how he plays NBA and Madden NFL is just it's just team management mode because the game is too easy otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, Hal never figured out there's a uh, secret menu for like backdoor dealings. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not cheating. It's part of the game. Right. Just using the mechanics. Oh, and, yeah. and Gaspar totally memorized the walkthrough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hal refuses to read it. Penn is off doing whatever she needs to be off doing at this very moment. Probably an orgy. Probably. And your sweet baby Wuxia is furnishing his apartment not far from where you guys are now. Hal and Gaspar, you are the first two to hear something. Off in the living room, outside of Hal's room, a little voice starts to echo back and forth off the walls. Something calling in a airy, breathy tone to each of you. Hal, Gaspar, Hal and Gaspar, I need your help. Wow, Ayava sounds really sick. Yeah. He's fallen and he can't get up. <laughs> Hal's, Hal's sitting there on the couch and he just kind of leans towards the door and just shouts, Piss off, ghost! <laughs> uh, you can hear me. Is this a, some sort of new feature for the game? Okay, yes, we can hear you. Oh, I've waited so long for you to hear me, which means it is too late for you. Okay, I'm going to lean over to Halifon and nudge him with my elbow and just kind of whisper, can you disengage the uh, sending feature on this game? I think we accidentally are playing with somebody else. Hal's going to lean forward and unplug the scryfi. There's silence for a little while. Yeah, I think that got it. Hal. Ah, shit. Gaspar. I need you. Hal turns and looks at Gaspar and goes, I mean, yeah, clearly, uh, whatever's going on, this is more your element than mine. Uh, Okay, well... Take your lead. So, our rate is a quarter of a quin per hour for each of us. You are concerned with profit. It is far too late. Hal, Gaspar, I need you. The fact that Iavos doesn't hear any of this just shows how into potatoes he is. <laughs> He's in that deep dicing zone right now. Some classical music playing on NPR as he's just in there. <laughs> Iavos, you're in the kitchen, yeah? 
Oh, yeah. I, I don't like to prep onions in the living room. I got complaints in the past. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Too many people crying. Not a dry eye in the house. Iavos, you hear a voice from your room. Iavos, your papers are a mess. I need you. My papers are a mess? What? Have I developed a conscience? Iavos, Iavos, your books are scattered. I need you. What are you, my, my mom? <laughs> and I tie my apron to the wall and uh, turn the pot down to a very low simmer and grumpily tread towards my room. Who is this complaining about my bedroom? It's my bedroom. I'll keep my books as scattered as I'd like. I almost, what sort of atmosphere is always present in your room? Is it well kept? Is it is it a little bit of chaos? Is it lived in? Well, it's very easy to keep it somewhat organized because it is the most bare bones room possible. That's fair. There is a very simple straw bed, two big bookshelves, and a desk. And the books are usually open in reference, um, a couple on the floor, because he doesn't really sleep much at night. He just kind of stays up and reads and transcribes. It's surprising how much your Spartan existence can make a mess if something or someone is dedicated to it. As books are thrown about your room and your straw mattress has been gutted, with its insides decorating each and every corner of your humble abode. What the blazes is this? Was this Wuja? <laughs> no, nothing's wet. Hmm. I'm going to go towards the living room and be like, Halophon, Gaspar, have either of you been in my room? You know we have rules. Right as you turn around, there's a loud clattering sound from the kitchen as something metal strikes the floor and liquid gushes everywhere. In my stool! <laughs> Hal and Gaspar, it's impossible for you two not to notice that sound, regardless of how deafeningly loud you might have the uh, uh, volume turned up on your devices. We should we should probably go check on uh, Iavos. Uh, I don't think he has fire resistance, and if he just spilled soup all over himself, he might be in a bit of a bad way. But we were supposed to have a lazy day today. Okay. The two of you head over toward the kitchen, popping out to where Iavos has just rushed over to see his abandoned and cast-down soup spilling across the floor of the food prep area. I told you not to taste it until it's done. <laughs> Wasn't any of us. We were right by the uh, hex box. Well, then which one of you was in my room? We've been playing since we woke up. But my books are everywhere. Someone's turned my mattress into a horror show. Were you, um, were you shouting at us for help from in here with a real raspy, terrible sounding voice? It, my normal voice is the voice that I've chosen to use today. I don't recall shouting for you other than asking who has been in my room. So putting it all together, I think we have been mildly haunted. We could be getting burgled, not that I have anything of value in my room. I have a, what's your passive perception? My passive perception is a number that I need to open this book to find out. That's fair. Tis a 13, says I. A 13. 
Mentioning that and casting your eyes around the kitchen, you can see that there is something distinctly missing. As you squint and pay very close attention to what's there, your spellbook is gone. Now, my spellbook is sentient. It is. And I have the ability to summon my familiar to my hand. Ah, interesting. So what happens when I do the very brief and simple incantation to summon Opus to my palm? When you focus and open your hand, working on summoning Opus, you definitely get Opus's hardcover, and that's about it. Opus, you've been gutted! I hold him out to Halifon and Gaspar with a my son, he's sick look. <laughs> oh no. He's probably naked and afraid somewhere. <laughs> I don't think his pages are supposed to come out. It is too late. With a sudden violent thud, all of the doors in the apartment slam shut and rattle in their frames. Okay, we'll scratch burglary off the list. This is definitely some shitty ghost. Yeah, that's just a thaumaturgy cantrip. (laughs) Hal, can you confirm the presence of undead? I will use Divine Sense to detect the presence of Celestial Fiends or Undead. Sweet. As you close your eyes and extend your senses out around you, you pick up nothing. However, the creeping sense of unhallowed ground begins to move into the edges of your senses, crawling across the floor like a carpet of beetles. Well, um... There aren't any celestial, fiendish, or undead creatures around us right now. But the residence is slowly becoming uh, unhallowed, desecrated, like an infection. Oh, no. Uh, Gaspar just starts sprinting towards his room. Okay. I'm undoing like three traps, two locks, (laughs) one hidden one. Trying to put your body in the way so nobody sees the code. (laughs) Yeah. Or where the locks are. (laughs) Knowing how many of the desecrations and infection-like maladies in our lives are started with Wuxia, (laughs) Hal is going to go and test the front door and see if he can exit into the hallway to check on Wuxia in his room nearby. Sweet. Okay. Gaspar, and then I'll jump over to Hal. Gaspar, once you throw open your last lock and stare inside, one thing remains open that you know you closed. Your mini-fridge has been opened and thoroughly ransacked. There is nothing inside of it. Now, by mini-fridge, do you mean his remoras? Yes. Where I keep my spare head? Where you keep your spare head, where you keep some stolen bottles of alcohol. Nothing is in there. So you're telling me that our DM just created Max Headroom? (laughs) There's one thing I'm good at. Oh, this is war. Hal, when you go over toward the door and grab a hold of it, the knob has become frigid and cold, your skin sticking to it for just a moment, like licking a pole in winter. Ah, that isn't normal. Uh, Iavos, just to confirm, you haven't been doing any... uh, Freezy cold magics on the doorknob, right? I mean, I blanched some snap peas, but that's hardly frigid magic. <laughs> yep. It's a ghost. 
I'm going to take the clues of Hal's description of his uh, divine sense and mm-hmm. the evidence present and try to rack my brain for uh, what may be supernatural that fits this bill. Of course. Uh, will you make me a, I'm going to say, arcana or religion check seems applicable. Both are the same. Um, I'm going to go with religion, I suppose. Okay, that's a four. And then I have to open my book again. I know my my new numbers are quite impressive. Hell yeah. Um, so we're looking at a 24. Fantastic. There are only a few things that you can think of, you can really pin down out there in existence that wouldn't be sensed by Hal's divine, stanky old angel eyes that could potentially make something this difficult. The two things that you jump to are either aberrations that would probably make some sort of other effects obvious if their presence were were here, eyes growing where they shouldn't, mouths and suckers opening up back and forth, or something that seems to choose to professionally menace you and the fallow crown. These could be fey. Mm. Either way, one of those two would leave some sort of physical mark behind. Something that can be that they can be tracked and followed by. I see. Uh, there is a chance that this is in fact not some sort of necrotic supernatural being, but something imitating the ghosts of undeath. Uh, Gaspar, are you safe and well? Yes, just really pissed off. They've gutted my spellbook and my familiar. I think we're on the same page of anger. Uh, can you look over the room and see if there's any evidence of any creatures having trespassed into our space? Perhaps a very tiny fae or a mischievous invisible stalker? Gaspar, do you want to make me a survival or perception check? Oh, uh, hell yeah. Not yet. Because of guidance. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. That is going to be a 16. Oh, sorry. That is going to be a 20 total with guidance. Mm. Whoa! You love to see it. They're hard to notice. Whatever was moving around here was moving around with practiced skill, and you could only pick up their most recent footsteps. Gnarled and uneven, with a mismatched gait and feet to match. There are impressions in your guys's what I assume is thin carpet, leading from Hal's closed door to the bathroom. I forgot we have a bathroom. It never comes up. <laughs> so while pointing at these little tracks and then tracing my finger from Hal's room into the bathroom, I'm going to say, they left no trace. <laughs> Interesting. What could this have been What while pulling a crossbow from the pages of rationality and starting to load it? Perfect. Now, since my spell book has been gutted, am I to believe I only have my prepared spells or none at all? You'll have your spells as normal. Okay. But I'm uh, guessing I, I can't rolled. use uh, Opus's ability to aid me in knowledge checks. Because he's empty. That's true. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. I rolled a, a perception check as Gaspar was like saying that they didn't leave any tracks and pointing at the tracks. <laughs> Hal doesn't see them and just goes, damn, nothing. <laughs> How are we going to find them then? 
how there is one thing you notice. Your room is silent. They've shut off your game without saving. No! Or worse, they saved over your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All my progress, my chivos. That would be worse, actually. Uh, I'm going to try and stealthily get to the bathroom door. Okay. You want to make me a stealth check? Stealth. That is a 27. Hell yeah. Silently stalking down the hall, past both your own room and Iavos' room, you reach the door to the bathroom. Much like a partner of a detective, I'm going to be at the end of the hall covering <laughs> Gaspar with like my finger up like a gun, but I'm holding a spell. Perfect. The shadows seem longer near the bathroom. The silence, hungrier. A small shiver goes down your spine. You are at the door. I'm going to press the uh, Voltrap head against the door to try and listen in. Okay. Uh, make me a perception check. I believe you have advantage with that. Sick nasty. Ooh, that's an eight. Ooh. Inside the bathroom, you hear the slow, steady drip of water. Without this room, the fallow crown would be the foul crown. How uh, just showers at the gym. <laughs> Look, that's the room where we make a lot of foul crowning. <laughs> oh, God, the visuals. <laughs> I'm going to give a few hand signals to Hal just to wake him up. They're like, hey, there's, there's something here. And then try and uh, kick down this door. Sweet. Do you want to make me an athletics check to kick down this door after wiggling your fingers at Hal? Hal, real quick, did you open your bedroom door or did you just look at it and be sort of near it? I think I think Hal is was standing in front of his room with his with his hand sort of hovering over the doorknob, sweating with a slight tremble, <laughs> afraid to open it for fear of what he might find after Iavo suggested that they may have saved over my file. <laughs> And then Gaspar did a little finger waggle and he like turns and looks and is like, oh, yeah, OK. And he's like getting ready to go knock the door down if he needs to. Perfect. And uh, as Gaspar attention. goes to kick the door, I'm going to use my my gun like finger pointy hand and attempt to thaumaturgia to aid in the forcing open. Ooh, I love it. Gaspar, make me that check with advantage. All right. So. While I was crouching down the ground, mm-hmm. crossbow in hand, mm-hmm. severed head up against the door, mm-hmm. when I see that I've caught Hal's attention, I'm then going to spring up into a spin, do a jumping back kick. That way, <laughs> when the rotation is done, my crossbow will be right down uh, the shooting gallery of our bathroom. It's a natural 20, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. Some Jet Li shit. It's a 26. With, with the most over-the-top physical performance, with the Cirque du Soleil of fucking uh, uh, breaking and entering, you throw the door open and have your crossbow pointed at an empty, tasteful bathroom. There's a toilet. There is a sink. There's a shower. There's a small cabinet. I shoot the shower curtain. <laughs> your crossbow bolt tears through the shower curtain, and plugs directly into the wall on the other side. 
the tub left quiet, collecting the remains of the ripped curtain. Turn back to everybody. We should have gone with an open concept. (laughs) 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 The tub Uh, continues to drip. uh, While reloading and, you know, making the hand gesture with uh, two fingers for the rest of the team to follow up. Gonna check the bathtub situation and why it's still dripping. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, What's your passive perception? With the vault trap head, 14. If it involves if it involves smell or a hearing. But if it's sight, I'm at a 9. Ah, gotcha. Hal also has a nine for the Fantastic. Record. Love it. And Iavos, are you heading in the bathroom as well, or are you staring from the edge of the hall still? Um, I'm moving up the hall, albeit like the door of the bathroom, because it is a small room. And okay. I respect people's privacy to use the bathroom on their own. <laughs> There's something weird about standing in the bathroom with two other people. It's a room that's meant for solitary reflection and other things. <laughs> However, with Gaspar leaning the Voltrap head near the tub itself, Iavos, your attention is brought nearly directly to it. It's not the tub or the dripping that catches your eye, but the floor around it, with a series of small scratches trailing from the head of the tub right next to where the faucet is toward the wall. It's probably a good four feet of space that these gentle scratches cover. And then they stop, like, mysteriously? Yep, they stop abruptly. Interesting. Without creating too much of a fuss, I was muttering under his breath, I really need to learn sea invisibility. <laughs> I was waiting for an, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to target the spot that looks like it would be where, you know, whatever tiny clawed creature is holding still. And I suppose I'm going to attempt to cast Catapult (laughs) to hurl it against the opposing wall. Okay, okay. With your spell that you have cast, will you make me a perception check? I would be delighted to. I'm pretty good at that. I'm a cleric wizard boy. Uh, That's a 19 on the dice. Ooh, damn. Uh, So we are looking at a 22. Ooh, damn. All right. You use your magic to project whatever you can against the wall, thumping something out toward that direction. Uh, What are you launching with Catapult out that way? Oh, to clarify my intent, manipulating the Catapult spell, Iavos is going to grab from the counter uh, one of Halifon's bottles of body powder that's Uh used to prevent perspiration on the field and jogging. (laughs) (laughs) and hurl it against the wall so it will impact and then explode in a cloud of white powder. Not my Thacko powder. (laughs) I was going to call it Great Axe. Great great Axe works too. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Launching an entire bottle of sanitary powder out toward the corner of your bathroom, it erupts in a huge cloud (laughs) covering, among other things, Gaspar, who is still standing by the bathtub, yes? Yep. Gaspar, you smell fantastic. As you are coated in this powder, though the powder itself does not reveal any form that wasn't previously there, Iavos, 
the way it's whisked away from the room is interesting. A vast majority of it is suddenly vacuumed under the bathtub. Oh. I'll begin with it. Oh, sorry about that, reflexes. <laughs> but look there. Pointing to the base of the tub as the sanitary powder is kind of sucked away. Look at, at what? I obviously my eyes are watering so bad I can't see anything right now. Hal, it's going to be a sweaty week. If it works, it's not a bad move. But how are we going to follow whatever's in there? I, um, I thump the tub a couple of times. Okay. Thump, thump. Using the back of your fist, you thump down onto the bottom of the tub. Gaspar, since you've got your Voltrap head there, and it has such a high passive perception, the echo that Hal's knuckles make against the tub lasts longer than you would assume, and seems to echo downward far. Am I to understand, then, that there is not just pipes down there, but there is a whole chamber? It may seem that way. Can I make an investigation check to see if there is a way to open up a secret door here? Yes, you can. We must enter the sub-tub. <laughs> faucet. That is going to be an 11. An 11. The scratches leading from the head of the tub seem to indicate that it can be pushed or moved. Has someone been living underneath our bathtub? We get naked in here. <laughs> like I said, I just shower at the gym. It's what they're doing with our bathwater that I'm afraid of. <laughs> oh no, not gamer grandpa bath. <laughs> <laughs> Hal, give me a hand with this. Guidance. Uh, we're going to try and manipulate this bathtub. Fuck yeah. Give me that athletics check with guidance and with advantage because I assume Gaspar and Hal are working together. Yeah. Do you want me to roll it? Yes. Gaspar? Yeah, I believe that is what we're insidious. All right. Athletics with advantage and a d4. Let's see. 13 plus 2 is 15 plus 6 is 21. I have the shower! <laughs> <laughs> With the unmistakable sound of ceramic grinding against ceramic, you open the ancient tomb door that is your own bathtub, descending into the wet, shadowy dark below. Dirk! Dirk, wake up, Dirk! Ah, who is it? Where aren't I? Dirk, you fell asleep again. We have to keep our wits about us. Warren, you came to my Dreamland birthday party? No, Dirk. We're still tied up in a warehouse alone. You can't keep dozing off. You can see the half of the floor that I can't. We must stay alert. I couldn't help it. I feel like I'm being hugged by a super strong uncle. And my pants are like a warm tide pool. Alright. I need you to stay sharp in case anyone shows up. Right, right. Like whoever put us in rope jail. Side note, who put us in rope jail, Rusty? That's what I've been asking myself. I've made my share of enemies in my time, but the fact that you're here with me and alive shows that this is something else. No offense, but if the right people got their hands on me, you'd be an afterthought, and quite possibly a forensic smear. No offense taken. It sounds delicious. So it must be for money. Tying dudes to chairs? In this economy? 
What's the ROI on sweaty rope boys? I didn't realize there was a hot scry market for wet man-boy underpants. Oh, no, yeah, I did. Dirk, we're famous. They want our jobs. No, you drip tray. They're likely going to ransom us to EXPN. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, those guys have serious money. Dang, what a good plan. Wish I'd thought of that. No, you don't. Anyway, we can find a way out of this soon. We'll be just fine. What's the plan? Should I try to debone and snoodle again? Gods, no. The last thing I need is for you to shit our collective pants again. Listen to me, Dirk. We just need to work together. Our feet may be bound, but with the right timing, we can scoot our heels towards that wall over there. And I might be able to manipulate that control panel with my face and get one of these doors open to call for help. <laughs> what a sick plan. On your command. These foots were made for scooting. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, gods. Oh, no. Big mechanical scary door noises. They're onto us, Rusty. They're here to take our skin and put your butt skin on my face and make us into butt face scarecrows. Help! Help! So much for further unshit pants. Just calm down. It's going to be okay, Dirk. We're going to get through this. All we have to do is just... Oh my god. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon. A keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. 
Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hey there, I'm Dana Ebert, TTRPG author and game designer, and most recently, the co-founder and creative director of TPK Brewing Co. We're a majority queer, women of color owned craft brewery coming to Portland, Oregon in 2023. What you'll find when you visit is an ale for every tale, and a staff of full-time professional game masters, ready to guide you on adventures in our original post-cataclysmic setting of Valruvina. You can learn more at tpkbrewing.com and support our crowdfunder campaign to help launch a standalone prequel adventure titled The Blooms That Feed on Fire. It's only here for Questember, so make sure to check it out before the end of the month. Here's a sneak peek. Oh, they were always afraid of me, you know. Even before they called me Ashbringer, they sent armies to try and stop me. And then they sent assassins. And now they've sent you. Heroes. <laughs> Which of your ideals are you willing to die for? Because if the fire of your convictions burns weakly, then the fires of mine will consume you like everything else. Now ready yourselves. This is for the fate of Valruvina. Hey, all you cuties. Ask not for whom the mid rolls. It rolls for thee. Welcome to a very improvised and thrown-together non-canonical three-part chapter of LUQ Battleaxis known as the Betweenoverse, thematically nestled between the Twilight Zone and the Simpsons' Treehouse of Horror. This week you have the pleasure of hearing a one-shot by our own wonderful Max Hobbs, recorded on the spot and remotely, so buckle up for things to get weird. This week we'll be adding some new Patreon content from the Ayavos Dream chapter, so if that's something you were looking forward to, now may be the time to join. Or if you want to make a character to join the world's meta, or get mentioned during the mid-roll with your legendary team, join the Patreon now. Our current legendary teams are the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Titans Rise, with Christopher Mashburn, Dylan Hoyt, aka Meat Dad, and John Reinhardt. A huge thank you to all the new patrons and members of the Discord. If those both keep growing by a few a week, we'll be one step closer to our goal of making this show full-time. And that's exciting! To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for Monday Night Live premieres, Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocks, and pen pals. Our temporary mailing address while waiting for a new P.O. Box is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon 97214 if you have something you've been dying to send us. We hope you all have a wonderful and safe Halloween. We love you very much. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Betweenoverse. New from Brush with Death, the impending broom. It's the only broom you'll ever need for all of your brooming criteria. It wants to be your first, and it will be with you soon. Listen to those who were here first to know the broom. I love Impending Broom. Ah, I'd never leave it. I it's all I need. I feel lucky to know the broom. It's not like other brooms. It's 
It's really just in a league of its own, you know? Brilliant and unique. The broom is good to me. The broom would never hurt me. I love the broom. And the broom loves... Run! Run now before it's too late! The impending broom is coming. It will be with you soon. Be the harbinger of your own broom. This is not a request. This is a prophecy. The yawning dark sits open below you. You can hear the constant rushing of water swirling around itself. Why is there a dungeon in our bathroom? Why did we not know about the dungeon in our bathroom? This really seems like your domain, Gaspar. I must say I'm a little disappointed. I already started one in my room. I I guess hiding it in a shared space should have been the wiser choice. But, on the bright side, if we are able to clear this out, perhaps we can move Wuxia in. He's already in the sewage system, so it will not stick up the apartment. (laughs) That's true, although we will also have to shower with Wuxia in constant close proximity. Oh, you're right. I'm telling you, showering at the gym is looking smarter and smarter every day. I don't like the wall soap. It's not good. It makes my skin feel rough. The wall soap? I look at at Iavos as though his skin being rough is a concern that he... (laughs) Has had for a long time. <laughs> Being aged does not mean I cannot be well lubricated. <laughs> weren't, weren't you a farmer for years? Yes, and if you put a farmer into a place with magical showers that are hot all the time and have wonderful scented soaps, you'd be a fool not to take advantage of them. So are we going to soap up before we head down there? I don't think climbing a ladder while soapy is well advised. Oh, I was going to just slide down it. If that's the Gaspar approach, I will not inhibit you, but I'm going to take out my old rusty lantern and use it to cast light. Fantastic. The light stretches downward to the best of its ability, glistening off of the constantly moving water, probably about like right at the edge of your light, so 40, 50-ish feet below you. You can see in the grime on the passage headed down There are scrapes and bumps, like something large has been dragged against it. Every once in a while, you can see the beginning of writing, like somebody drawing on the back of a dusty window. But almost always, that writing is smudged and obscured by whatever large thing has moved through this passage. The ladder rungs are stone and carved into the wall itself. Ah, that means you can't just grab either side of it and slide down action movie style. I mean, the passage is probably wide enough and covered with enough slick muck where if, Hal, you wanted to put your feet in the grime and just glide down the pipe, you probably could. Now, let's, let's be a bit smarter about this. I'm going to go into my room, come back with 100 feet of silken rope, Ooh. loop it around our toilet, <laughs> and feed it into the bathtub chamber. <laughs> just put it into the toilet so when we want to pull it up, we can just flush it. <laughs> Hoping that the toilet doesn't drag open and reveal a different dungeon. <laughs> the landlord is pissed. We tried to back. flush 100 feet of silk rope. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting your fucking deposit back. While Gaspar is fetching his fancy coiled rope, I'm going to use Mage Hand to lower 
the light lantern down to the base of the ladder. In an ideal world, any deposit you put in the toilet is not one that you ever see again. <laughs> Lowering the lantern down, after a certain point along the ladder, you can tell that the room opens up into something wide. Uh, then I'll cast False Life. <laughs> <laughs> I am made extremely nervous by the subterranean toilet dungeon. Perfectly fair. Before things go to shit, you make sure your defenses are up and ready to go. This douche hole, if you will. (laughs) Are we all headed down, or is there anything else you guys want to grab or prepare? I'm letting the fit boys clamber down first. All right. Gaspar, are you the first to descend, or Hal? Gaspar first, Hal on the rope. Yeah, Gaspar can stealth down, and then Hal can make a lot of noise to make it seem like I'm the first person entering. Well, Gaspar can noise stealth, but I have already descended a lantern, so the visual cues are quite obvious. I guess that's fair. (laughs) All right. So sound stealth. Sweet. Make that stealth check. That is a 19. Awesome. Handhold by stony handhold, you lower yourself down into a large cistern or drain about 30 feet across with a slim walkway headed around the outside of it. The water here seems constantly rushing and moving from a number of small pipes that lead into it, but not particularly deep before hitting the metal grate of the drain itself. There are two doors, both opposite of you. One, I'd say, to the right, one to the left, set sort of diagonally in the walls. If I dust off a bit more of this powder off of my shoulder... Does Mm -hmm. it travel to either door? If you dust off the powder from your shoulder, the motion of the water seems to suck it down the drain. And nothing has attacked me, I'm guessing. Nope. Uh, I'll give a a single tug on the rope to let Hal know that he can come down. All right, I do so. Sweet. Hal, you've been a lot of places over the course of your adventures. You've heard of glorious tales... You're not sure if there's any glorious adventure to be had in this shithouse, but here you are. I had a girlfriend once who was really into spelunking. This is basically just the same thing. (laughs) I don't think you understood the kind of spelunking she wanted to do in that (laughs) story. Well, if the lads are down, I will attempt at first to get down physically using both the rope and maybe my feet on the rungs of the ladder to help. And in a contingency of failing, I will... Attempt a misty step to land if I uh, slip and fall. I was going to say, Hal can just stand at the bottom of the stairs and catch you like a, like a damsel if you fall. I do like that. <laughs> so I'm going to guidance up and attempt to slide on down. By all means, give me that. Uh, I'd say acrobatics or athletics, your choice. Uh, both, real bad. I rolled I almost <laughs> higher on the D4 than I did on the D20. <laughs> so that's an eight. You begin to descend... But as your feet slip and your hands lose your grip, you are suddenly in Hal's waiting strong arms. Oh, hello. (laughs) Don't mind me. I'll just get myself down and kind of dust some of the baby powder off of his bare chest. (laughs) Get that out of the way. All better. Good. Very good. Getting down is not even the hard part. (laughs) At some point, we have to get back up that. Uh, With all of you down here. The rushing water seems to cover up a good number of other noises around here. 
There are still two doors, and since the lantern is here and all of you can see, it's worth noting that one door is crusted along its outside with dried blood, while the other seems to be as clean as a door down here can be. Can we not go in blood door? Is that an option? I mean, we could avoid blood door, but it seems like the most obvious of the clues. Is this where our poop goes? I look at the blood-soaked door and I go, Iavos, I think you might be eating a bit too much roughage. (laughs) I do eat a lot of beets. Don't be deceived by the redness. There's also the drain continuing to head down. It's large and lattice and iron and mostly covered in water and such. But it could be a passage. Now, did you mention there was any kind of writing on the wall? Yes. There were writings on the wall, but most of them were smudged and obscured by whatever was moving up and down here. Hmm. Well, if it seems undecipherable, I won't waste much time with it. If you want, you can make me a history or general intelligence check to see if you can parse together some of what's left. I mean, any information at this point is worth its weight in gold. So I'm going to put on my spectacles, activating another guidance, and I will attempt a history check. Fantastic. Much better. 20 dirty. Wow. A lot of them say the same thing. Don't trust the voice. Don't listen to him. But one of them in particular catches your attention. If the beginning and ending letters are to be believed, one particularly smudged piece of writing says fallen angel. Hmm. I'll attempt to interpret this to my allies. Seems our past tenants had experience with this voice as well. Warnings to not trust it. Although this series of symbols here seems to indicate some sort of a fallen divinity, a fallen angel. So when you say if the first and last letters are to be believed, does that mean that what it actually says is Alan Angie? It could say Alan Angie. It could very well say Alan Angie. So maybe we have a ghost named Alan Angie. Hal, Hal will inform you, Alan Angie was not an LUQ uh, participant of any import, if uh, anyone wondered. Hadn't crossed my mind, but good to know. I'm not saying that there isn't someone named Alan Angie out there, but if he is, he was a nobody. Or she, I guess. Or they. Uh, blood door, clean door, or sewer grate. Let's split up, gang. Uh, let's not. Aren't you the one that usually quotes the LUQ rule book to us, Hal? Yeah, but this isn't an LUQ quest. We're underneath a shower, I of us. Well, the rules are made to have us do good and survive in trying situations, and I believe this does fit that category. As you are speaking, barely audible over the sound of the rushing water, there is a gentle whistling sound coming from behind the blood door, like a happy tune somebody would carry to keep them working. All right, I'm 86ing that door right now. Everybody into the clean door. Can I test the uh, grate and see if it opens? Sure, you want to lean down toward the uh, drain in the middle of the floor toward the cistern and try to try to lift it up? When you say it like that, I kind of don't, but yes, that was my idea. You can absolutely do it. Make me your choice of an athletics or perception check. Uh, Hal is, is brawn over brains, so. Sweet. It'll be athletics before perception. I roll a 13 again for a total of 19 Alright You lean down to the heavy iron grate And you pull and you pull 
A lot can be said for the League, but at least their infrastructure is sound. As you're tugging here, you can see that the water is acting a little weird, like something is clogging up part of the drain near where your right hand is. Below the grate? Is it a bunch of massive turds? It's a bunch of massive turds. No, it seems to be mashed against the grate. Hal will look around. Is there any debris down here of any kind? I mean, like the easy answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like a like a bobby pin that got washed down or did someone eat a bobby pin? <laughs> well, we're under the shower, so you get curious enough. Yeah, there there's there's debris that's fallen down here over time. Nothing as large as the thing that's mashed against the grate though. Sure, I'll cast light on the object and kind of drop it into the drain. Okay. As it whirls and moves, it passes by the weird blockage, and just for a moment, you can see the clear outline of a severed head before the glowing object is sucked down the drain itself. Uh, Gaspar? Is that... is that one of yours? We won't know until we fish it out. You want to help me lift this grate, then? The object is above... the object is above the grate. You wouldn't need to lift it to access it. Oh. Yeah, the grate is stopping it from going down the pipe. Mm-hmm. I have us. You think you could use your mage hand? Uh, yes. Let me just lower this lantern and just float it over to Gaspar, and uh, then I will attempt to mage hand this wet head. Sweet. Splashing your hand down into the water and pulling and pulling, with a moment of effort, you wrench free a head that would be recognized anywhere in the league. You hold in your mage hand the severed head of Warren Rusborough. Of the three kinds of shower head that I'm aware of, this is definitely my least favorite. <laughs> it seems to be relatively fresh, too. It's the EXPN announcer. Why is he in our toilet dungeon? Yeah, his career really isn't going down the drain this badly. Are we being framed for something? Because this is how I would be framing you. <laughs> this is a remarkably specific and very strange way to frame someone for something. Gaspar, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. Trust me. I'm nervous about something that could kill this man. His reputation as being a uh, rather accomplished uh, hero himself is not in the forefront, but I've read some of his books. He's been around the block. The Hidsman's Block. (laughs) It would seem... Well, if nothing else, it's evidence. Uh, Iovos, are you a, are you a, a talk with did people sort of cleric, or are you just a, a, a make them listed sort of cleric? You're asking someone the mysteries of their own magic that they don't have, unfortunately. All right, float that head to me. Iovos, have you worked on a cleaning spell or something? Oh yes, of course. I'll press to digitate it so it's not so. Wasty. You accidentally Julian it. <laughs> I, yeah, I could Julian it if you want. Right. But. <laughs> I'm just going to unfold it like a head of cabbage. <laughs> Gently cleaning the severed head, you pass it over to Gaspar. As I bring it close to my stump, is there a soul still within this vessel? There is enough for you to connect with it. Enough for you to mount the head upon your neck. So... Depending on your answer, I can summon a shadow of Warren Rusborough if there is still a soul. Mm-hmm. 
And if there isn't, then I can inhabit the head. Okay. So what, I- what happens? There is not enough left to conjure a soul, but your wisp can move into it and inhabit the head itself. So are there any like last feelings or images that flash through? There absolutely are. As you connect with the head, there is a rush of garbled memories uh, and a lot of sitting next to a loud, obnoxious man going on and on about all kinds of things. Gaspar's going to put his, uh, his hands on the ears and scream as if he's trying to drown it out. <laughs> However, in the last moments, you can see almost alabaster skin with strange gold markings running through it. You can see strong arms dragging you and pulling you while you're struggling to get free. And a decisive chopping motion and sound that renders your memories shapeless. There is an unmistakable sensation of nervousness, fear, apprehension, whenever your eyes drift anywhere close to Hal. Okay. So, this is the work of another headhunter. Very skilled. But not for the same purposes that I do it. How? I think we can continue exploring. All right. Do you think the blood that's all over that door is Warren's, or do you think it's someone else's? It could be, but let's make sure we deal with the easy door first. Gaspar, there's a new ability you can access while being in this head. If you see somebody make an ability check within 30 feet of you, you can force them to take 1d6 psychic damage and add the damage they took to their roll, their ability roll. All right. Painful guidance. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm sorry. You guys were talking about moving on. Let us explore the non-bloodied room. You head toward the cleaner of the two doors. And you cannot shake the sense that you are being watched. That something is staring at you. Opening up the old, heavy oaken door, you are greeted with a fairly plain room. A little low in the ceiling, grime across the walls as well, the stones underneath cracked slightly. And on the far wall, there is a wide door. Just atop the door, set in an alcove, is a blaring bloodshot eye that stares down toward all of you. Its pupil shaped like an hourglass. Feverishly, it glances back and forth between the three of you. That's quite unnerving. Okay, so this room is clear, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gaspar, I, I think I've, I think I've played this game before. I think you're supposed to shoot it with a bow and arrow. <laughs> well, let's not go shooting any unaccounted for eyes right away. Um, while he's injured, and I'm, you know, practically cradling him like a baby, my poor little Opus. It's just a cover. He does still have his eye on the front, though, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to hold him up towards this eye and let them look at each other eye to eye and uh, use his ability to cast identify. Ooh, there is a strange, almost familial resonance between Opus's eye and the eye attached to the door itself. However, while Opus's spirit went one direction, the spirit attached to this eye took a totally different route. 
Sitting above the door is a Nothic eye, the largest Nothic eye you have seen. A creature that feeds off of knowledge and the thoughts of those who harvest and collect it. This seems to be a guardian of some kind, something that seems to be looking for visual recognition, something it has known or seen before. Oh dear, it's one of the creatures of my nightmares. Something that consumes knowledge. Don't let it near me. We must show it something, something it knows. Oh, I thought you were going to suggest putting me in front of it and starving it to death. (laughs) (laughs) I at least thought you'd make a good shield. Does lifting the severed head of Warren Rusborough towards the eye help at all? Lifting the head and looking toward the eye, the eye seems to ease a little bit, but still need a little something more. Hmm. I have no idea what we could show this door to open it. Perhaps there's a key, and that key is somewhere else. So let's back away slowly. Hal just shouts, open Sisame at the door. Shouting at the door and locking eyes with it. Hal, will you make me a constitution saving throw? Sure. Uh, Dirty 20. Oh, sweet. As you begin to demand things from the door, as you begin to, to... Order it open, the eye fixates. The pupil shifts into less of an hourglass and more of a circle and blasts this crackling beam of smoke-like energy toward you. As it hits your leg, it leaves this patch of powdery gray on you and the ghost of pain, but you're tough. If you feel like you give it an inch, though, this would have hurt a lot more. Do I take any damage? No. Okay. The eye goes back to the hourglass shape. I will uh, look at my leg and look at the other two and say, it, it, doesn't, like, uh, it doesn't like open sesame. <laughs> I like how you said I look at my leg and then the other two. And I'm like, wait, how many legs? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Well, we did just leave the shower. <laughs> Hal just happens to be a centaur in this dungeon. I don't think we can pass without more information. We should perhaps go to where the blood is. All right. Head into the other room? Yeah, without eye contact, back away, and close the door. Sweet. That feeling of being watched is still there, but seems to leave you as you head toward the blood door. Opening the blood door is a little more difficult than opening the cleaner door. The scab around it cracks and flakes away as the door opens up, and you find yourself in the most grotesque tailor's studio you could ever hope to be in. Clothing, or full suits, made entirely out of the flensed remains of people you recognize. People you have seen across the entirety of Zenith sit here hung on hooks, flayed open. No body parts left, but the skin on the outside that was once everything you would know about them. Elvis immediately turns and puts his hand to his mouth, attempting not to retch. The whistling sound has ended. This... this can't be... by the gods. No! We must help them. We must do something. I think most of them are a bit beyond help, I almost. But the Aura Clerics, they return heroes from the dead all the time. I guess... This should be enough skin to bring them back with high enough magic. 
it would count as remains, I have to imagine. But uh, I will uh, I will use divine sense again and kind of ping, are any of these bodies undead? Are there any celestials or undead creatures in this room? Is it hallowed or desecrated? This room is unquestionably desecrated. Uh, that creeping sensation of insects walking across the floor and your skin is everywhere here. None of the creatures appear to be undead, or the remains appear to be creatures or undead. Just flappy, loose skin. The skin however, seems to be immaculately preserved and arranged sort of like wetsuits. It wouldn't be hard to slip into one. This is an unholy place. As I scan the room, does it appear that any of these flesh suits are occupied? None of them appear to be occupied. However, one of them is Warren Rusborough. Minus the head... Minus the head. None of them have heads. It just recognizes abs and dad bod. Oh, yeah. His immaculate physique. Iavo seems to be replacing his nausea with anger. Who has done this? Who is hiding? Is there, so there's a workstation, like a, like a tailor's desk? There is, yes. Losing a little bit of his composure, Iavo is going to storm forward and fling the objects off of the desk and onto the floor angrily and say, show yourself! They clatter hard, including a large pair of bloody scissors. Uh, Placing his palm against the wood of the desk, he's going to begin to manifest an intense amount of arcane heat. And then the cinders begin to crack and smoke rises as the desk begins to burn. I said show yourself! Sweet! brother and his doomed friends. I told you it was too late. A wall slides open, fairly close to where all of you are standing. Moving from it is a towering figure, maybe 12 feet tall, that looks almost identical to Hal. Except its skin is lumpy and uneven, one eye swollen wide, less hair on its head, and more of an amalgamation of severed scalps to sort of represent the Hal hairdo that has become so indicative of the celestial member of your party. You were given everything, and I had nothing. I will take you next. Do you guys want to roll initiative real quick? All right. Sure. Oh, man. I mean, is there an alternative to not rolling initiative, like just standing here and being flensed? (laughs) Just take my skin already. Fuck it. I'm done. Yeah, it's Phalophon Orison Jr. (laughs) Halophon Orifice Jr. (laughs) Uh, How would you get? Nine. Nine. Uh Uh-oh. Gaspar? 20 total. Oh, damn. And Iavos? Well, because I can add my intelligence to initiative, um, that is actually a 22. Hell yeah. And since initiative is technically an ability check, can I cause five damage to Hal? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can. Give him plus five on his initiative. <laughs> yes, you can. Hal, you're it's, going to uh, take... It's psychic damage, right? Yeah. Yep. Hal, you are going to All take right. five psychic damage, and your initiative becomes 14. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
These are rookie numbers. You need to get those numbers up. (laughs) I are those. As this mockery of your dear friend pushes its way out of the wall like some horrid Kool-Aid man, you are up first. Iavos is beside himself with grief at the loss of these innocent people. Confused and enraged by this twisted aberration of Halophon and sickened by the mystery living under their feet and letting go of all composure and radiating with all of the magic that he's collected through his trials. The massive sword on his back flies outward, springing to life as he casts spiritual weapon. Hell yeah. At fourth level. And uh, it attempts to bury itself into this false howl. Let's see it. That is a total with my new attack bonus of 17? 17 is absolutely going to hit. Will you give me some damage? Nice. And uh, this is radiant if it makes a difference. 7, 9, 10. 14 radiant damage. The thing has just cried out its admonishment toward Hal, pointing a finger near it, casting another strange lumpy arm toward the rest of you, trying to show its displeasure. As you spin your blade out toward it, it sinks deep into the thing's shoulder. Ah! And since that was a bonus action, I'm going to use my action to cast a cantrip. Hell yeah. If this thing is anything like Halophon, I, I am well aware of its weaknesses. (laughs) so i'm gonna lock eyes with it and shooting just a psychic bolt of my malice into its brain i'm going to cast mind sliver and it needs to make me an intelligent saving throw so i'm not good at that which is great and i'm here to inform you that i have scored a zero against your spell (laughs) safety c (laughs) which seems only appropriate can't get much lower than that one uh, so it's going to take a total of eight points of psychic damage. Sweet. And uh, it subtracts a d4 from the next saving throw it makes before the end of my next turn. Fucking love it. As you cast your mind into this, just for a moment, just for a splitting second, you are given a glimpse into the life of the outcast Nopala, Hal's long-lost brother. Nope. Is that Halifana backwards? Of course it is. <laughs> that is my turn. That is going to bring it to Gaspar. Gaspar's going to start moving in between all the skin suits to see if he can have this giant eye on Hopala. What's this thing's name? Nopala. Nopala. Yeah. If he can lose the sight of this Nopala and Sweet. try and hide. Make me a real gross stealth check. Let's see it. Gross. 26. That is, that is gross in all conceivable ways. As you vanish among layer and layer of skin suits, like disappearing into a gross wardrobe. And from this maze of skin suits, an arrow will fly towards the <laughs> eye. Let's see it. Uh, that is a 22 to hit. That is absolutely going to hit. Will you give me some damage as you force your crossbow bolt deep into the thing's bulging, horrid eye, leaving only the small, twisted one remaining? That is 27 points of damage. Oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
You love to see it. The thing reaches up and clutches toward its own face, howling in grief and agony. I'll take yours! That is going to bring it to Nopala's turn. Nopala raises a great crushing arm up and is going to sweep it across both Hal and Iathos in one great motion. Mm-hmm. So, Hal does a 26 hit your AC. It will. I had a feeling. And Iathos yeah. does a 15 hit your AC. It really does. All right. Both of you are going to be taking 19 bludgeoning damage as the thing swings its arm forward and crashes into the both of you, trying to push you against the wall, throwing you toward the skin suits. It bellows and roars and stares out toward where Gaspar can now be seen between the flapping curtains of flesh and locks its one remaining eye with yours. Gaspar, will you make me a charisma saving throw? Oh, shot. That's a 12. A 12 is not going to make it. This eye pushed in toward, well, whatever eye you're looking at it through. The eye of Warren Rusborough, in fact, brings all of your injuries, all of your wounds, all of your previous flaws forward suddenly and aggressively. You are going to be taking 27 psychic damage. Gadzooks. As the thing crawls into the room more, give yourselves to me. Its turn is over. Hal? As a reaction from it <gasps> smashing me. Ooh, yes. Thankfully, my false life soaked up uh, the majority of the damage, but I am going to activate the hearthfire stone hanging around my neck to create a hellish rebuke and retaliation for its offense. Hell yeah. Uh, does an eight pass your spell save DC? It doesn't. I didn't think so. Um, this will be a second, actually, no, third level Hellish Rebuke. Sweet. And uh, I, while the gout of flame is hitting the creature, I'm being messy. I'm trying to scorch skin suits around it. Perfect. I'm going Fireman Hose style. <laughs> um, six, 12, plus five is 17 fire damage. Love it. You don't plan to spend very much time down here. The least you could do with the moments you have sparing in this disgusting sewer is ruin whatever plan this thing had going. As you pour fire from your chest and your amulet and burn across the thing's chest, shoulders, and stomach. It howls as its flesh bubbles and the fake gold lines painted across it begin to melt away. How? Just shouted, give yourselves to me, right? Yep. All right. Well, Hal's going to quip. If you want a piece of me, you can come and get it. And as a bonus action, I rage. Hell yeah. And as a regular action, I will run in and recklessly attack. That's what we love to see. Yep. Ooh. With advantage, my higher roll is nine. Uh, for a total of 17. 17 is going to hit. 16, actually. 16 will also hit. Nopala okay, does not Sorry. wear any armor and is near nude in front of you. All right. I'll pump a Divine Smite into this strike because it seems disturbing. Perfect. It's not undead, though, right? No, it is not. And I don't believe it's fiendish? Nah. All right, so no bonus damage. It'll just be 
Is it 2d8? 2d8 for yeah. a first level. All right. If you have a higher than a first level, this might be a good time for it, too. Uh, I don't. All right, no worries. I'm only a fourth level paladin, and Barbarian doesn't give me any uh, spell slots. <laughs> barbarian doesn't not. give you magic? What? No. <laughs> Cheated. All right, that's not a bad roll, though. Uh, six on the D10 nice. and an eight and a seven on the D8s for a total of 15, 21, 25 plus two from rage, 27 points of damage, 15 <laughs> of which is radiant if, if it matters. You love I love see. it. So that's, that's a, that's a full turn from Hal. Um, but now that I'm raging, it's being harried by my ancestral protectors, which for Hal are sort of ghostly images of LUQ heroes pointing out weak points and distracting it with exquisitely choreographed combat moves. Perfect. As you gather the heroic specters of the past around you, I assume you're using your, uh, your glaive, yeah? Yeah. Sweet. Giving your spear a furious flourish, you press the blade of it up into the thing's chest. And with a shout and a burst of divine magic, you begin to tear the flesh of the creature apart. It tries to pull and grab at the spear, dragging you closer to it. But the champions of LUQ past pull you back, like a tug of war with this thing caught in the middle. Just for a moment, just for a split second, one of your angelic ancestors sits behind you and says, He was never meant for what you have. And with a shout, a hole is blown in the center of him. And the creature's smoking corpse hits the ground with a loud, wet thud. His eyes, eye, forever open and locked on you, Hal. Nopala lays dead. Hal kind of looks around the room. Was, was that it? I don't need to, I like stab a desk. <laughs> Fortunately for you, none of the furniture here is a mimic. So, let's get these skin suits to the aura clerics. But perhaps this eye opens the other eye. Revealing Nopala's removed and severed eye to the eye above the door, the thing creaks and opens up, revealing his long-forgotten and disgusting bedroom. A feast hall that looks like it's had prepared food sitting on it for months? Years? Not a place you want to spend a lot of time. You find your stolen objects. The insides and remains of Opus. More severed heads and bottles of undrank alcohol. And one unplugged hex box. It's when you take these into your hands, into your possessions, it's when you bring them back that you hear the thunderous footfalls of guards beneath you. As the Zenithal guards spears out, surround you, a realization falls into the knot of your stomach. This nightmare has just begun. Good evening, gentlemen. It's nice to see you've been keeping each other company. Do you find your accommodations comforting? You've certainly been in no hurry to leave. 
Who are you and what do you want with us? And where are the bodies? Let me handle this, Dirk. You got it, good cop. Wink. Who I am is of no importance. But you can call me Peter. Peter? Like Dingus? <laughs> Dingus. Not now, Dirk. Listen, Peter, was it? Just let me know how much money you want to let us go. I can get the execs to sign off on it. I'll even help negotiate the deal. Just give me a number and a scry phone and I'll get the wheels turning. I'll even sweeten the pot with a date. Full night out. Drinks, dancing, words of affirmation, maybe a kiss. Nothing under the shirt. <sighs> oh, it's not your money I want, gentlemen. It's to teach you a lesson. School? That's what you want? Uh, kill me now. Dirk, please be quiet. What do you mean, a lesson? You overpaid celebrity clowns live in the lap of luxury, gracing the highest sky rises of Zenith. Plastered on every bench and billboard, while people far more deserving struggle, waste their lives away, ignored by those in power. You will, nay must, be humbled. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you, us man. This doesn't sound very good. No kidding. Now what do you mean by humbled? No more questions. Strap in, boys. Get it? Strap, strap, strap in. Because of the ropes. Ha <laughs> ha! Strap in. Classic. Dirk! It's going to be a long night, my friends. Because you and me, we're going to play a little game. What? No kidding? Dude, I love games. See, Rust, you were worried for nothing. I hate my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy's infectious. <laughs> well done, Max. We're in the uh, we're in the outro now. Yeah, oh, which sweet. feels weird because we're doing this remotely. <laughs> it really does. I can't look at your sweet, sweet faces. But yeah, we'll just uh, go around real quick and say just who's here, because this was a small crew. Uh, this was a very last-minute, last-ditch effort for content. Hell I'll yeah. say that we we slap-dashed it together. We mm-hmm. really we lived up to the name, man. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Well, we usually do Hal. Yeah, that's true. My name's Michael Loving. I play Halifan Orson Jr., the forward-spelled brother of... Uh, Nopala. Nopala. Nopala Alpha, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm playing for my office. For, forgive me if you heard my children <laughs> stomping on the floor above me at any point during this recording. <laughs> the toddler does not really understand walking with light steps. <laughs> you are forgiven. Uh, I'm Angelo Kaluag. I play Gaspar not the... Headless Rogue of the Phantom subclass. And in this episode, in deeper legal trouble. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm Law. I played Iavos Isadora, flinger of baby powder and spiller of soup. <laughs> and I am the creative director of Slapdash. And as always, my name is Max Hobbs. And instead of playing Wusha Brainchild the Wandering Tide, today I was your bathroom dungeon boy. <laughs> Bathroom master. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I was your shower caller, staring at you from the pipes. Well, uh, for the audience at home, this was very rushed and improv like Max had less than an hour to put this together, and he did a very, very good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hope you're ready for our instant dungeons. <laughs> yes, this chapter water. will consist of three of the four of us improvising very last minute and zero plan dungeons. Uh, but highlights, highlights. I mean, I like Noble as a character. I like the uh, the classic trope of the, the forgotten brother that lives in the walls. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> classic. Thank classic. You. I like that he had painted on gold rings and stuff. That's fun. Yeah, I like the, uh, the open <laughs> door uh, to giant eye uh, kind of just little twist. Because it's that, it's that moment. It's like, oh, well, this is even more fucked up than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, we, like we had the memories of, um, of Warren, like something is going to attack us, sure. But just like, OK, here's the here's the door where everything should be like, OK, like maybe maybe something's in there. But no, it's yeah. just giant eye. I'm trying to think if there was any any like one thing that stood out. This was it was pretty fun. I don't I don't know that I have like a specifically favorite moment. I liked I think I liked our, our little insight into um the three of us hanging out. Just at home kicking it. Just at home kicking it, yeah. Just that little the little slice of life at the beginning that we don't usually get. Yeah, it's nice to see kind of behind the curtain for what's happening with the team. Well, um, this chapter is going to continue to be just as weird and shot from the hip as the rest of this. Um, should be a lot of fun. And uh, until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>